Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. We've created a community of spiritual women who know that you can still enjoy the finer things while on your soul's journey to live your dharma and your most chakra-aligned life. Let's dive into this episode and meet today's host, Krista Weaver, our co-host and resident confidence queen. Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. I am today's host and resident confidence queen, Krista Weber. We are a community of multidimensional women on a mission to make the world more consciously chic and connected, one activated chakra at a time. So today we have the most amazing powerhouse guest, Amy Smith is with us. She is a multifaceted and responsible queen who focuses on teaching chronic people pleasers how to actually speak up for themselves without being riddled with guilt and fear. She is known for her raw, irreverent, slant, and sassy as F take on personal development. And she's here to share real world implementable tools with all of the chakra babes. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Amy. Yay, I'm so excited to hang out. Yes, me too. Okay, so we like to show, we like to start the show on a high vibe by sharing something that we're excited about today. So mine's an easy one. I'm excited for girls Euro trips that I have planned in my mind. <laughs> they're not, <laughs> okay. They're not happening yet, but we, we, we appreciate, and we know, especially yourself with what you do, we appreciate the power of the unconscious mind. So yes. mind, I am extending gratitude and joy for all of the fabulous girls trips of my girlfriends coming over here and having the best of times. So I'm like already very much excited about it. We love nice. That. Yeah. Nice. I love that. I can definitely appreciate that. I'm really excited because first of all, I am today is day 30 of an alcohol cleanse. Um, so I know you're doing a cleanse too. <laughs> so I'm on day 30. Uh, so I had committed to a 30 day cleanse and then tomorrow it totally worked out completely perfectly. Tomorrow I'm going to see Wicked. The uh, performance is going to be out here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So my husband and I are going tomorrow night and it's the first night that I can have an alcoholic beverage if I choose. And I'm not sure if I'm going to or not, but I'm just thrilled and beside myself to be able to see the show. So I love that. And yeah, the alcohol cleanse feels so good. Like just, I, my birthday is in June and I feel like I was drinking since my birthday. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm like, and then I noticed on a vacation, I drank a bottle of rosé and felt almost nothing. So I'm like, okay, it's time to give the liver a little teensy bit of a break. And it feels so good. But then it's so much to, like, it's, yeah, it's been the choice. Like, do I want to even mm-hmm. have a drink again? Like, it's fun though. I mean, we talked about it before we started recording the show. My hoodie says champagne green. So your girl does like a glass of bubbly. It's not... <laughs> it's not going to be canceled forever but that's so cool amazing for you and wicked is going to be so great okay and now chakra shout out so i would like to shout out four sigmatic coffee have you ever tried it no oh my god okay so uh it's it's obviously it's coffee but it's got lion's mane mushroom in it which helps you focus it is i think it must be a very high quality coffee bean so it doesn't give you jitters and I can actually sleep. Like I could have it at six in the evening and, oh, wow. and then still totally relax into sleep. So there's something, and I swear like one time when I had it, like I, I now have a subscription. So my husband and I just receive it every month and he loves it as well. One time when I had it, 
on my IMAX screen, I was making two workbooks at a time and writing the script for a meditation while listening to like some banging house music. And I was like, I'm so focused right now. I'm so focused. <laughs> really, really good. And then not feeling crazy, like what espresso does sometimes. So shout out to Four Sigmatic, obsessed. <laughs> so nice. that's a shout out today. So I think my shout out is, is actually from my husband. We've been, we've been together for 24 years. We've been married for 22 and he is just such an incredible, incredible spirit. And recently we had kind of gone through, I guess, dichotomous growth spurts where I was really learning a lot about like social justice and a lot of issues around ableism or fat phobia or uh, issues of the, that the queer community faces and starting to amp up a lot of my education around that and understanding that. And there was some, a little bit of pushback with him. And I realized that a lot of it was the way in which I was delivering that information to him that, you know, I think like a lot of women, we've felt sort of this collective rage against a lot of inequities and injustices. And then it, that's, of course, multiplied if if you're a different, if you have intersectional identities. So I'm telling him all the time that we can't do this without the evolved men. And we need men to do better and be better and show up because they're the people, especially the white folks, uh, the white men don't have to. Like the system is completely set up for them. So without going into like a whole political arena, I'm just so incredibly proud of him and grateful to him that he is taking the time to educate himself and reading various books and learning about all of these just different ways that inequality and inequity is showing up. So, and it's, it's been really uniting for the two of us. So it's, he, he gets a huge shout out, Mr. Smith. Oh, that is so beautiful. And that just makes me want to go hug my husband as well. So girls, go thank your men if they're awesome. And if they're not, you know, then be inspired by Amy that you can help <laughs> them in the direction. But that that is so powerful. And yeah, we need those, we need those powerful woke men to come and bring their power to all of the justice that we need in this world right now. So I love that. Shout out to the hubs. Okay. And then some rapid fire slumber party questions. So are you a morning ritual girl or a night ritual girl or both? Both actually. Which one is your favorite? Probably. Oh gosh. Probably my nighttime ritual is my favorite just because I get to go to sleep. (laughs) I think that's why, but, but they both very much involve hypnosis and meditation and all the things that y'all are about, Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I love how, I love the nighttime one that that's your favorite. So what's the sequence? What's the sequence of events? I, well, I typically, well, there's a whole bunch of hygiene shit that happens as far as like the night creams and all of that, that tend to get more and more robust (laughs) as I get older. But yeah, so there's a whole sequence of, of that whole thing. And then some essential oils and things just for sensory acuity. And then I have these amazing sleep headphones that I put in and I have to, I have to put ear, ear, plugs in first. So I have to amp. So, cause my husband snores and I can't, I'm a light sleeper. It's a big mess, oh, yeah. but so the earplugs go in and then I do my sleep headphones and then I do any number of different hypnosis processes. So it could be something that is around 
body affirmation and love. It could be around financial abundance. Lately, I've been doing one that's very physical, that is very somatic of it's a progressive muscle relaxation that's really commonly used to as a deepener in hypnosis. So it, you like tense up one portion of the body and then relax it and then tense up and relax it. And, and I find that incredibly healing. So I've been doing that one quite frequently, but it's, it's really, we, we go into a natural state of hypnosis as we're going to sleep anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's, a perfect time to access the theta brainwave state. So basically when we're awake, we're in various different types of brainwave states, but then as we start to slow down, we pass through what's called theta. Theta is basically a hypnotic trance. And then we get into Delta when we're completely asleep. So anytime you can utilize that theta brainwave state, basically your crit, the critical factor of the mind goes to sleep. So you get a lot, a lot less pushback around who do you think you are? Or that's not possible for you. You know, the critical factor is just like starting to sleep. So your affirmations or meditations can be incredibly effective during that particular time. That's so good. And I I love that too, because it's like the nighttime ritual, of course, external self-love, external beauty, nurturing, and then, and then the powerful mental, emotional, spiritual nurturing of the intentional hypnosis as you go to sleep. So so good. And then what's your sun, moon, and rising? The big three. Okay. I am a sun, a Taurus. Ooh, mm-hmm. So quite close to the Gemini. I, my moon is in cancer and my rising is Scorpio. Ooh, that's a potent combination. That's, yes. I'm a, I'm a Taurus ascendant as well. So we, I love the tactile, love the sensual, love the luxurious. It's so good. Oh, yes. And uh, there's so much power in that Scorpio as well. Um, and then what song, this is just, I, I personally am an audiophile. So this is something that I just love to, <laughs> I just love to ask, what is a song that is just on repeat right now? Is there a song that you've discovered that you're like, I just, it's just on repeat. I have to listen to this song. It's interesting. I am not nearly as uh, auditorily connected as a lot of people. Uh-huh. So I very, I don't very commonly So I haven't been listening. I don't listen to a ton of music. I know that is like, (gasps) so many people are like, what? But then then it can also be like, like what's, what's your favorite food right now? Or like, what's a show that's really relaxing or that you're enjoying right now? Like what's the sensual pleasure that you're enjoying in your life right now? Oh yeah. That's interesting. Well, I will say that when I do listen to Pandora, my absolute favorite station is my Kaleo station. I don't know if you're familiar with Kaleo. I absolutely love them. They're a group. I want to say, Oh, I want to say Iceland. I could be, I could be mistaken on that, but just a brilliant, soulful kind of folksy, just guttural voice. It's really, really an incredible group. So, and I'm a huge Alanis Morissette fan. We just, my friend and I just got to go see her live here in, in Charlotte, which was incredible being somebody who is of a certain age. (laughs) very Gen X. I uh, was thrilled to see her. At a certain age as well. So perhaps we are. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, yeah. So, so those have been really huge. And then my husband and I just started a series. I can't remember where, what platform it's on called physical that highlights eating disorders. So trigger warning there, if anybody's interested in, in watching that, but really sort of, uh, as somebody who studies a lot about self-talk and the way that we commune with ourselves, it's yeah. fascinating to watch the way 
a physical manifestation Mm -hmm. comes from the internal mental self-talk that this character goes through. So it really, really well done, I think. Okay. I'm going to check that out. I'll do some Googling and I'll find it. That sounds really interesting. I like that. All right. So then what you do is so incredibly powerful. Your passion shows through even just now, of course, this is audio for all of our beautiful listeners, but you and I are connecting face to face and I can just see your passion and you're just such a wealth of knowledge to share. So what led you to the work that you do? What was your aha moment that led you? This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. So for a bit of context, I, I grew up in a very, very conservative born again, Christian family. Mm. And my father had a master's in divinity and a doctorate in ministry. So Mm. he was not fucking around. (laughs) And so I grew up, you know, quite immersed in a, in a very intense dogma that was quite motivated from a place of guilt and fear and lots of shame, of course. And you know, for a good portion of my adult life, you know, I, I got married young, moved out of the house, but when my husband and I would go visit my parents, I would kind of prep him to put up this veneer and this facade, like, okay, don't talk about any liberal agenda, (laughs) you know, no cussing, no drinking, no John Stewart, no Howard Stern, no South Park. You like keep it, you know, let's put up the show essentially. And I think it all kind of came to a head in 07 when my father passed away and I had a really incredible relationship with him. And when he passed away, I had been working in makeup artistry, artistry. So I was very convicted that I was going to do the makeup for his viewing, like dead dad makeup time. So I knew that I was going to do that. So I feel like I'm kind of winning a daughter of course. And I speak to a crowd of hundreds of people. He had such an impact in his, in his life and obviously had to combat with a lot of things that I didn't believe in as I was kind of immersed in this community dealing with his passing. And another sort of bit of context, I was by all account, the good, the good kid. I had two younger brothers who both had difficult times with the law, had done jail time, didn't go to school, lots of financial issues. And I was pretty opposite of that. So we get back home after this day where I've literally applied makeup to my father's fucking corpse. I get home and my mom feels as though your father and I have failed because the three of you are not quote, walking with the Lord. Oh so. my <laughs> Your face. Oh my goodness. So, wow. What an awkward, what a time that she chooses to personally attack you. Wow. Cause I was kind of going, uh, do you want to do his makeup? Do you want to speak to the, you know, I kind of felt like, uh, and I had been working since I was 14. I put myself through college. You know, I had, I really had accomplished a lot of things in my life. And the idea that I was just grouped with my siblings, even though I love them tremendously, it was, it was, you don't matter unless you subscribe to the faith you were raised in. So the only thing that I could kind of muster in that moment was to say, you probably shouldn't say that to a child. You probably shouldn't indicate to a fucking child. I think I failed as a parent because you, you suck, (laughs) you know? So, and she said, well, that's just how I feel. And I'll tell you what, Krista, that was a defining moment because I realized, okay, I'm at, I'm at a crossroads here. I either can continue this facade and twist and contort myself in order to make her happy, 
Or I can say, you know what? I'm going to allow you to be disappointed in me. I'm going to allow you to carry that because I'm not disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that speaking up for yourself or establishing boundaries or, you know, really advocating for yourself oftentimes looks like an ultimatum. Sometimes it does. But I realized if push came to shove and I had to choose between somebody else and myself, I was going to choose me. And that became sort of the impetus of the, the work that I created, but it was not without so much trial and tribulation because I, I was, it was like the dam burst and I became incredibly combative and adversarial. And I wanted to, I think I also felt like because my dad was passed on now, it wasn't two against one. It was one against one. I felt a little more evenly matched with my mom. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I was quite awful and vitriolic in a lot of ways. And it wasn't until many a time that I had to take back my delivery and say, Hey, I shouldn't have said it like that, that I realized that you can actually speak up for yourself mm -hmm. and say no, or have a boundary. And you don't have to be an asshole. You can actually do that with grace and kindness. Yeah. And that has really informed the work that I do now, which is twofold. It's sort of this internal component of genuinely believing in your own value, your own worthiness, your own enoughness, essentially that my voice matters. And then the external component of, well, what does that sound like now to tell a partner that you're not happy to ask an adult child to move out of the house, to tell your in-laws, please stop feeding these specific things to my children. Like what, what is the actual phrasing of difficult conversations and boundaries? So yeah, that's the journey. It's just, it's so wonderful. And I mean, awful at the same time, but this, this moment, like what you experienced has inspired you to teach others that it gets to be easier. It gets to be graceful for them, perhaps, although it was such a tumultuous and traumatic experience for yourself. And a quote from Maya, Maya Angelou kind of came to my mind um, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's just that forgiveness doesn't mean forgiving and forgetting necessarily, but it means I'm done with this. So it's like cutting, yes. the, like saying the thing, I am now done with this. And just like you said, I am choosing me instead of choosing to accept your toxic, hurtful, abusive version of me that exists inside this person's head. I am rejecting that. I am done with that. And I'm choosing me. So I love it so much. This is like my love language right now. I'm loving it. <laughs> Love all of it. And our listeners are just going to love this as well. And so, you know, so many people about the hard conversations, this is like your, your wheelhouse. This is your strength. And some people just don't even know that they are resisting hard conversations because they are so used to being repressed, gaslit, to have, sure. their, have their reality being denied kind of their entire lives. So how can people tell when they're blocked in speaking up for themselves? Yeah, this is a great question. So I, I think that there's a massive delineation between when somebody is being subjected to name calling, gaslighting, et cetera, versus if somebody is dealing with issues inside of a relationship that they need rectified. So my advice would be very different because I don't believe in trying to have really thoughtful, deep, tough conversations with somebody who's actually abusive. Mm -hmm. I think your primary goal in those situations is 
safety and to take care of yourself. But I will say that I think that there's a massive epidemic happening in the personal development sphere, where if we are at odds with somebody, or if somebody is not as growth filled or in tune, we can very easily and lazily label them toxic and just get out of having any type of tough conversation. Now, of course, It's called personal development for a reason because it's fucking personal. So every single situation is going to be different. But here's what I would say to start with. Most of the time we do speak up. We just speak up to the wrong person. So if you're really frustrated with your partner, let's say your best friend probably has heard about it a lot. Or if you're real upset with your mom, it's likely that your partner has heard the whole fucking story plenty of times. Times, yeah. <laughs> so one of the very easy things that you can do is take a bit of an inventory of who are the people that I chronically complain about where I don't actually take any type of action to remedy the actual complaint. So for example, if your best friend does something that you find just insidious and frustrating and you just constantly complain to your partner about it, but you don't actually have the conversation with your best friend about whatever it is that they do that frustrates you, you are now kind of locking yourself into this victimhood stance. So that right there is a perfect example of, I need to at least give the people in my life the opportunity to be what I need through advocating for myself. Once you do that and and you do that calmly and efficiently, and I can talk about that in a second, And they still choose that I don't give a shit what you want, or I don't give a shit what you need, or they gaslight you and tell you that's not even really happening or, you know, those sorts of things, then you have a different decision to be made. But I really think that we owe it to the the relationships we genuinely want to keep. That's what I, that's what I think is important. I don't think it's important to have a full on come to Jesus with absolutely every person in your life, Mm -hmm. because sometimes the relationship sadly just doesn't matter that much to you, but the friendships and the intimate partnerships and the things that you do want to have longevity in, you owe it to them to at least give them the opportunity to be what you need. And you have to do that through vocalizing it. Mm -hmm. The problem that I think happens is we vocalize it in ways that are easily dismissed, like yelling and screaming, you know, um, if you tend to be more combative, if you're evasive, if you don't like, you know, oh, I hate confrontation, we'll get in line because most people don't, then oftentimes it is little jabs or being passive aggressive and being like, how can he not know what I want? How can she not understand this Mm -hmm. is what, Mm -hmm. and the reality is you haven't really given them an opportunity unless you've been really thoughtful and said, Hey, listen, I don't think I've shared this with you before. And for that, I'm really sorry. I was expecting you to be a mind reader, but when these things happen, here's how I interpret that. And here's how it lands. Here's the impact on me. And here's my request. I would really, it would mean the world to me if you would fill in the blank. So if you haven't done that type of communication, then you probably haven't really advocated for yourself in the most effective way. And of course, because we're not taught how to do that. That's right. That's right. Where would we learn that? You know, exactly. Because our, the generation that raised us and then the generation that raised that generation and so on and so on. So we are kind of the ones who need to break that cycle. 
and demonstrate for people, hey, we get to have these conversations. So, and I really appreciate how you how you said that like we don't need to bypass and just throw people away. Give them the opportunity and hope for the best. But now having this calm, efficient, this can terrify people. People can be paralyzed at the thought of this kind of confrontation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I hope that our audio is okay here. And uh, so people, people are kind of conditioned to be people pleasers um, because they want to be safe and mm-hmm. they don't want to rock the boat. Maybe they were punished for things and they learned that it's safer to be quieter. But now how, because I know how passionate you are and I know that hypnosis um, accessing the unconscious mind as the gate to transformation to bypass, just like you were saying at the beginning, to bypass all those those inner critics and that disbelief, like this this isn't going to work for me. They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to care. So I'm just going to explode or yell or I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to avoid it. Um, so how can people connect with that inner critic to shut it down so that they have the balls and the chutzpah to say the thing? Yeah, have the ovaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <To do it. laughs> Yeah. So, so there's so many pieces here, but I think one of the things to understand about people pleasing in particular is, is it's a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. and there are ways in which it really provided safety for you. Most likely. In fact, it's a, 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 an evolution of our primitive fear response. So we have fight, flight, freeze, and also fawn, which is sort of a newer one on the scene. But fawn is essentially if you are in a threatening situation and you try to appease or acquiesce to uh, an aggressor. So the modern iteration of that is people-pleasing, right? Where So, you know, primitively it might've been like, to a bear, like here, bear, here's some food, go get this trout. Look, look over here. Right. That would, that might be a fawn response is like trying to appease the aggressor. So now obviously we're not being attacked by bears <laughs> most of the time. Most of us not being attacked by bears. <laughs> right. Some, some of those crazy folks who love to like go out and commune with nature and get in those situations anyway. But now what it looks like is when we feel a sense of threat around belonging, Mm -hmm. we call forth that same fear response of fawning, but it shows up as people pleasing or making everybody else more important, sometimes sidestepping anything that's important to you. So that I think that's really important to understand and also to give ourselves compassion. If you even look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, one of our primary human needs is one of belonging. So if, and then that comes again from our primitive ancestors, where if you weren't a part of a group, that literally meant you died, right? Like that meant doom. So now we translate that as like, if my in-laws don't approve of me, I might die. Okay. And we don't think that on a conscious level. That's definitely subconscious, but we feel that threat. We go, something bad's going to happen if these people don't approve of me. And what I see a lot in my work is where people get to this point where they go, okay, whatever the coping mechanism has been, whether it's overachieving, perfectionism, people pleasing, control, whatever the tactic was, it is now causing more harm than survival right? It's hurting me more now. And I'm realizing that it's holding me back from the things that we really want. So 
again, all of that, and I know you've had people who've studied epigenetics and talk about sort of our lineage and how trauma is inherited. And like, so we're undoing a lot of, a lot of past trauma and the, the deal with how the subconscious mind works is it, it basically takes imprints through our series of experiences, largely as children, where we begin to make associations that are either positive or negative. So if you are a people pleaser, it's likely that you developed a positive association with people pleasing, like, ooh, my aggressive alcoholic parent, I can calm them down by doing this people pleasing behavior. And now that's embedded in the subconscious mind that this sort of a tactic is positive. Now, the subconscious mind is depends who you talk to, but it's roughly about 90% of our mind's capacity. About 10% of our mind's capacity is our conscious mind. So that is why when you start saying like, the only approval I need is my own, or I'm proud of the woman that I am, or I don't need to worry about what other people think, you get this massive kickback going what the fuck? No, you don't. No, you know, you have to make everybody happy because that 90% is running the show. Okay. So let's have a quick chat about luxury and spirituality. If you are listening to this, I am sure you enjoy the finer things in life that you're super intentional. And that means you would love my jewelry brand prism and no It's not that hippy-dippy spiritual jewelry. It's like chic, elegant, gold and silver jewelry with your choice of diamonds or white topaz, and every piece is made with intention. We have a solar plexus activating necklace that makes you more abundant, and I get so many compliments on it. It's called the Sunray Necklace. We have a moon necklace that reminds you to honor all sides of yourself, even your shadows, and we have an entire fifth dimension 5D consciousness collection if you are ready to go super deep into your ascension. And I'll also add that I have two beautiful co-founders. One of them is my amazing friend Chantal, who designs all of our jewelry. And the other is Whitney Rose from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes, one of my business partners is one of the Real Housewives. And I have married all my favorite things in life, spirituality, fashion, and reality TV. But I digress. It is time to treat yourself, get something chic, don't wait for someone else to buy jewelry for you. Women have this weird thing about buying jewelry for themselves, but in my opinion, jewelry is something that becomes part of your soul. So you need to pick it out for yourself with your intentions in mind. So go treat yourself. I'm giving you 11% off anything on the shop. Yes, a discount for diamonds. It's unheard of. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use chakra girl at checkout. And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code chakra girl at checkout. Now there is a little guard dog that is right in between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And that is the critical factor of the mind. So the critical factor of the mind basically scopes out anything that we take in consciously to see if it's congruent with the beliefs that we have deeply embedded in the subconscious. So that's why that little guard dog goes batshit crazy when you try to say, I'm abundant, when you have these (laughs) deep-seated cultural beliefs or familial beliefs that money is hard. Okay, so let's have a quick chat about luxury and spirituality. If you are listening to this, I am sure you enjoy the finer things in life that you're super intentional. And that means you would love my jewelry brand prism and no 
It's not that hippy dippy spiritual jewelry. It's like chic, elegant, gold and silver jewelry with your choice of diamonds or white topaz. And every piece is made with intention. We have a solar plexus activating necklace that makes you more abundant. And I get so many compliments on it. It's called the sunray necklace. We have a moon necklace that reminds you to honor all sides of yourself, even your shadows. And we have an entire fifth dimension 5d consciousness collection. If you are ready to go super deep into your ascension. And I'll also add that I have two beautiful co-founders. One of them is my amazing friend Chantal who designs all of our jewelry. And the other is Whitney Rose from the real housewives of Salt Lake city. Yes. One of my business partners is one of the real housewives. And I have married all my favorite things in life, spirituality, fashion, and reality TV, but I digress. It is time to treat yourself, get something chic. Don't wait for someone else to buy jewelry for you. Women have this weird thing about buying jewelry for themselves, but in my opinion, jewelry is something that becomes part of your soul. So you need to pick it out for yourself with your intentions in mind. So go treat yourself. I'm giving you 11% off anything on the shop. Yes. A discount for diamonds. It's unheard of. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use chakra girl at checkout. And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code chakra girl at checkout. So that guard dog is like, fuck, no, that's not how it works. Now you can consciously through repetition, extreme repetition, eventually what happens to that little guard dog is it goes, oh, I guess she's serious fine. And it will let it drop down into the subconscious and become a new belief. But very few people will continue with that repetition when you get such extreme feedback, right? From that inner critic. It's so intense that you're like, why am I going to keep committing to these mantras? I don't believe them. And so we throw in the towel and we forget it. One of the easier accesses to the subconscious mind though, is through hypnosis, which is essentially like I was talking about earlier, just a slowing down of the brainwave state. It happens when we read, it happens when we watch movies. If you've ever had that situation where you're driving somewhere and you get to a location and you're like, how the hell did I get here? I don't remember my drive. Yes. That's a hypnotic trance. So essentially your conscious mind is elsewhere. You're thinking about your work. You're thinking about what you should have said in that conversation. Your subconscious totally knows the direction you're going, knows exactly how to get there, right? So it's sort of this, this way that they work together, but then they're kind of also operating separately at the same time. So in hypnosis, if we can get into that theta brainwave state, which is it, it's we, we can also tell when you're in it, when you're extremely exhausted and you're kind of walking around about to fall asleep, you're in a theta brainwave state. You're just, it's naturally slower. Mm-hmm. So what happens then to reiterate what I was saying at the very beginning of our combo is the guard dog essentially goes to sleep. The critical factor goes to sleep. So it's much easier for you to drop down those messages that, you know, consciously, I should believe that I'm enough. I should believe that I'm abundant. I should believe that, but why don't I, when that little guard dog goes to sleep, it drops down into the subconscious and it's so much more apt to become a new belief system. And then the more you do it, the more it anchors and you're literally rewiring the patterns in the brain. That's incredible. And, and just what a relief and what a brilliant shortcut to be able to just get there. 
and how empowering once you've learned how to do it, once somebody like yourself has taught somebody how to do it, how incredibly relieving and satisfying this, this experience could be and, and so powerful. So, oh, that's amazing. And so in all that you have witnessed within the work that you do, the connection between boundaries and mm. self-worth. Ooh. So this is interesting. So what kind of pattern do you see here? Like when the self-worth is here, the boundaries are here. What's, what's the pattern here? Basically, the the more empowered and self-assured somebody is in their own value and in their own worth, the more apt they are to not only establish a boundary, but enforce the boundary. Because I think a lot of times we get we get all worked up about actually delivering the boundary and we forget that it's going to take some enforcement because almost always that person is like, oh, Krista doesn't really mean it. Amy doesn't really mean it. She just listened to a fucking podcast and now she's got a bug up her ass and, and they will push back because most of the people in your life, like the people pleasing version of you, because they get their way. It's going to be harder for them when you start saying no, and they're going to test the fences like raptures to find out where the weakness is. And so, yeah. And they also are used to a specific thing from you, right? Like, so sometimes it's not even malicious. Sometimes people have no idea how you feel or have no idea what you want because you've never expressed it. You've always made it seem like everything's okay. So they get kind of thrown for a loop of like, oh, this is news to me. Mm-hmm. So every situation is, is completely different. But I do think really being aptly prepared for the, the enforcement of like, hey, remember when we had that conversation? I really meant it, or maybe I didn't emphasize how important that is to me. But again, I want to reiterate, please don't do this. Please only do whatever. Mm -hmm. But what I do see that it's really kind of a direct correlation between self-worth and boundaries, where if somebody does not believe that they're valuable, they don't believe in their own worthiness, they sure as fuck don't believe their voice matters, which is everything that you need when you're communicating with somebody. So if we look at some of the sort of people-pleasing tendencies that we have, if you are, let's say in an environment where people are saying things that are offensive to you, but you don't want to quote, rock the boat or open up a can of worms or whatever other idiom we have about staying silent and you go, Oh, this is going to be uncomfortable to speak up. If you have those situations over and over again in friends groups, work groups, family, you are cementing a subconscious message to yourself over and over again, that your wants, opinions, and needs just don't matter as much as other people. So it anchors in the self-worth the, or the lack of self-worth rather. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about advocating for yourself or establishing boundaries or speaking up for yourself. I don't say it just as like a fun personal development exercise to do. I say it because your self-worth is contingent on that. It's depending on that. Now, the direction that you treat that, you can go either way. You can start by practicing speaking up, which will then in turn bolster your self-worth, or you can work on self-worth first. And that will in turn help you be more vocal. I say attack it at all angles and you can do them both simultaneously as well. I like that. I like that approach a lot because let's have a quick win. Let's just get there. Let's just, yes. and it, I, as you were saying that I was really getting the vision of a snake eating its own tail, like the lack of self-worth creates the lack of boundaries, which reinforces the lack of self-worth, 
and so on and so forth. So I love that. I also, I, I love the idea of somebody just being like, no. And like just choosing a low stakes situation to just like somebody who can't material materially necessarily impact your life and just like just say the thing so like for myself um there was a time when I had leaf boundaries and um I had an an esthetician here in Germany couldn't speak German so already kind of a lack of agency like couldn't really speak for myself couldn't advocate for myself because I couldn't speak the local language and I had trusted this woman with my eyelashes which matters because they're on my face (laughs) <laughs> and so we do, um, I don't know what it's called in the Americas, but a lash, like I just call it a lash lift where they like perm your lash. Yeah, that's what it's called here. Oh, okay, cool. That's yeah. what we call it here as well. Der lash lift. I don't know. That's not German. It's just, that's a joke. But so she had done it, but she had done it a couple of times. She was the only person that I kind of knew here to do okay. it, but she had done it and she like burnt them. So my lashes were curly cued, like a little pig's tail. And that's not the look. That, that actually makes them look shorter. She oh, no. nuked them and then they would fall out. And then she would sell me a serum that was supposed, like, I believe, which her, I don't know. Um, it was all just nonsense. I had a very blocked throat chakra at the time. So it was really hard for me to speak up. Sure. And I remember when I began like my healing journey and I'm like, you just have to say no, like you have to say it. And that's easy. That's just nine. <laughs> it's easy. I can say that. I remember like, it, it, it's so funny to look back now, but even that, that was my low stakes gateway drug to flexing my no and flexing the voice. But like this woman, if she got crazy rude, like what's the worst case scenario? Like what's the worst thing? What's she going to do? Flip some tables over and be like, I'm going to do your eyelashes and pin me down and like force me into the right. smile. Like that's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. My terrified inner child believes that on some level, something sure. would happen. So I literally was just like, no, no, like almost like a vocal exercise, like just say, just say no. And then I managed to say it. And I just, I remember, and she was like, oh, and she was a little shocked. And she was like, okay, well, and I was like, I, I am not happy. I'm like, as you can see, it's not what I really wanted. So I'm going to pass. I'm not, thank you so yeah. much. I love the other things that we do, but I'm not into this anymore. And I had Google translated what to say. So I could say it. And she was like, oh, okay. And it was no problem. And I remember I left and I was like, I did it. And I like, so it was just, I'm like, what else can I say no to? And the dopamine reward that I got. So that, and that must've been my my critic guard dog, that little Mm -hmm. shitty barking dog. And I was like, see, we're actually fine. Like it's actually okay. So I love, I love the idea of like a a low stakes to then prove to the self-worth you get to be here. And then there's going to be bigger and bigger dragons to slay with this newly discovered power so do you think actually this is like do you the new level new devil thing like you Mm -hmm. kind of develop your skills if we're like a character in a video game we develop our skills we get more armor we get stronger and then we're like okay i'm on top of the world i can do it boundaries conquer and speaking my mind inner critic conquer and does that happen or does it continue to get hard? <laughs> like, like, does life continue to throw us curveballs and challenge us with opportunities to, to speak to that inner critic? I think like anything else, it becomes more habitual. I'll never forget the time when it rolled, like a boundary just rolled out of my tongue without even really consciously thinking about it. And it was years, years later, I was well into teaching it, but for many, many years, I had to really properly gear up. 
I needed to rehearse. I needed to decide exactly the cadence of my voice, my rhythm, my paraverbal skills, nonverbal. And I remember there was, it was actually the 2016 election, which obviously is super contentious and embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And we, my mom and I are on totally different political spectrums. And she had said something about like, well, it just breaks my heart that I was the way I am, you know? And I just said, well, that actually goes both ways, you know? And, and I said, I'm equally as disheartened and upset about the perspectives that you hold, but I respect that you are able to have those. And, um, I would really appreciate the same respect in return. And, and it just fucking rolled out Mm -hmm. instead of, what had been in the case before, which was massive defensiveness or needing to prove that I'm right. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying like, okay, you're allowed to have that. You're allowed to be upset with me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to carry that. And I've had multiple situations where she said, I don't approve of that. And I'm like, you don't need to, you know, I'm like, I don't need you to approve of it because I approve of it. And can you extend that courtesy my way as well? And just like holding that. I love that. Or should I go through all the things I don't approve of that you're a part of? (laughs) But um, to answer your question, I think it's a habit like anything else. But remember, our subconscious mind holds our belief system. It holds our habits. It holds our values. So once those things become a part of the subconscious, it becomes so much easier to react from that place. But it does not mean you're immune to hardship or that you're immune to emotional pain. So even though I feel very confident in the woman that I am and very self-assured and believe in myself, it doesn't mean that when somebody says something hurtful that I don't feel that. It just means that I go, oh, that's shitty and that sucks but I don't suck. It's a separation of emotional experience and self-worth. And we do that with both positive things and negative things. It's like, if I achieve certain things in my life or a client gives me all these accolades, I'm allowed to feel good. I'm allowed to relish in the emotion of it, but that does does not mean I am worthy. It's just an addition to my life and kind of an addendum. The same way, if somebody thinks I cuss too much, I'm like, fuck off. (laughs) I'm still a lovely, fabulous, worthwhile human. Yeah. It doesn't affect, it doesn't affect my value. I love, I just love that so much. Um, And so what would be a hot tip that all of the listeners who are just like, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. She's talking to me. So what is a hot tip for the listeners that they can use to tap into finding their voice and accessing that part of themselves today? Is there like a hot quickie tip? Sure. Well, something with your anecdote with your esthetician thing that flexing the ability to say no, because that's a, that's a, a mini tough conversation. It's a mini boundary. So it's not necessarily saying to your in-laws, you know, I need you to stop feeding this, this crap to my children, but it's just something really kind of short and sweet. So look for a seemingly innocuous situation. Like maybe it's, maybe it is somebody in your workplace who is selling Girl Scout cookies for their kid and they want you to buy stuff and you don't, like maybe you don't consume sugar or whatever it is. And, but you feel guilted, you feel obligated or you don't want to do it, right? And maybe this is a poor example. You could choose to just like, here's $10. I don't want the cookies, right? But if you if it's something that you genuinely don't want, you can say, thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm actually going to pass. Yeah. But, but so much luck to you find 
an easy way to say no, or somebody wanting you to sign a petition outside of a grocery store or, you know, any little small thing that you can flex your agency, I think is really important. If somebody says something offensive around you, a very quick, easy thing to say is, you know what? I actually don't share that opinion. Um, so I'm going to politely excuse myself and just remove yourself from the situation. Or if somebody asks something of you, will you help me move this weekend? Mm -hmm. And you are so drained and you know, you need time to recoup because you've been burning the candle at both ends. You can say something like, you know what, how soon do you need to know? Or how soon do you need a commitment? Ask another question around around that. Do anything that you can to buy yourself some time. Even if it's like, you know what, can you hold that thought real quick? I have got to run to the restroom and then formulate what you want to say. Just don't say yes right away. Those are such incredible tips. Thank you so, so much for sharing that. And I know that everybody is going to be so so in need of more of this information. And I know that you've got a free ebook that yes. they can access. So where can they find that? What's it called and how do they get it? Sure. So my little corner of the internet is the joy junkie.com. Junkie is J U N K I E. And if you go over there, you'll see, I have a, a bunch of free sources for you, but there's an ebook that I created. That's called stand up for yourself without being a dick. Mm -hmm. And it's nine specific challenges, implementable tactile challenges that you can use to help kind of bolster and catapult your self-worth. So that that would be a great place to start if you're going, oh, I don't know. I don't know even where to start, who, what, where. I also have free hypnosis tracks over there on anxiety and fear. I've been doing a podcast myself for like eight and a half years. So tons of ways for you to resources. Yeah. Get lots of info. Everybody go into the show notes. We've got links to everything. And it's all so juicy, so valuable, so generous. Amy, it's amazing. So let's do manic moments and manifesting. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So manic moments and manifesting. When we had a meltdown that turned out to be a miracle, a meltdown, meltdown manifestation miracle moment. And that is an alliteration, which I also love. Just thought of it. Brilliant. So mine, it's a simple one. And listeners will know that oftentimes my manic moments have something to do with expat life, mom life, or some combination of the two. So my daughter just started grade one, which is a whole different thing here in Germany. It is like a ceremony. It is like a wedding. There is, uh, uh, there's so much random stuff. Like I believe I talked to my mother. I'm like, I think when I went to school, you just kind of put me in school and then I was in school, like some new clothes and off you go. Um, there's like a schultute and a schulranzen. I don't know what those are. And there's a church ceremony and we don't go to church. So that's okay. And what? And started getting, my husband's a surgeon. He works kind of all the time. And he's also, this is our first time being parents and we're doing our best. Yeah. And uh, I just started getting all these messages from like my mother-in-law and German friends. And they're like, are you so excited about this and this and that? I'm like, I have never heard these words. So no, <laughs> what you're talking about, I was not aware. And then that was triggering for my self-worth of like, um, am I a bad mom? Am I a stupid expat? Am I whatever? All of these little voices. And then I choose. So I meditate. Of course I do all of the mindset work, the things and I do it consistently. I'm a ritual person. So I'm like, I can have, that. I can have that moment. And then I'm like, I am choosing 
that this is going to work out. So my miracle yesterday, my manic moment in manifesting, I had a huge list that was given to me by the school of all of the stuff that my daughter needs for school. And if she doesn't have, like Germans are very serious about this education. She is six, by the way, she's six years old. Her backpack costs 300 euros and it's almost as big as her. So wow. What is this? So I get this list. I know that I'm the one who has to do this. I don't have family in this area. My in-laws are in a different city. So I'm like, it is me. I'm the one. So I take this list and I immediately felt overwhelmed. Like this, like feeling myself like get hot and pale. And I'm like, I can't read these words. I, I don't have time to Google translate every single one of these. And even when you do that, sometimes it doesn't make sense. So like uh, a notebook is called a heft. I did not know that. What? And so I was just like, okay, what could be the miracle in this situation? So I chose instead of like crying and instead of complaining, instead of bitching to a friend or something or feeling helpless uh, or like a victim, I was like, what if there was a miracle? What if I go into this store and what if, because uh, there's a lot of international people here, what if I go in there and there's a super nice woman who works here, who's also a mom, who speaks English as well. And like, what if she just helps me with everything? And then I shit you not, I had that thought walking from my car to the store. I was just like, what if that happens? That would be amazing. And then felt positive and hopeful. And then I just go in and exactly that happened. This most wow. wonderful, sweet woman. She's American, but she's lived here for 30 years. She's got grown up kids. And she was, she heard me speaking German with my accent. And she's like, oh my God, we can speak English if you want. And I was like, <gasps> and I was just like, I almost started to cry tears of joy. And she she spent 15 minutes of her time. She had a pen and a highlighter. She was like, hold this basket, I'll be right back. And she zoomed around the store, got everything. And I just wanted to hug her. Like it just made triggering moments so much easier. And I she works there at the store. I'm going to bring her a bouquet of flowers. I'm going to show my gratitude. But it was just, yeah, it was like I felt all of those fears. And then I'm like, but what if you get to be supported? What if something amazing happens? And it did. <laughs> so I was so happy. So that's why. And then it just makes me excited. Like, what else can I choose to be hopeful about in, right. um, in an uncomfortable situation? So yeah. it, it was really, it was a shitty moment. And then it was a wonderful moment. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So, I mean, I have like a whole backpack of things that I could choose from. But like, do you have a manic moment in manifesting that you can think of? Sure. Yes. Uh, I think probably one of the most profound was, well, I mean, definitely the story with my, my father passing too, that was a big star. I mean, I was just learning about law of attraction and I was like, this doesn't work. Like, because I was feeling really hopeful and then he died that exact day. And so that I really wrestled with a lot of like spiritual belief in that time. And chose actually that I was going to be grateful. You know, I kind of went, okay, here is this really, really shitty situation of losing my father who was only 58 years old. Um, And, and I thought, okay, I'm at a precipice here where I can either decide to be a victim about this, 
or I can decide to be grateful. And so I really stepped into what would gratitude around this look like. And I started thinking about, well, I'm really, really fortunate that I was there with him. Like I actually was able to watch him transition, which I think for those of you listening and Chris, I'm sure for you, anyone who's experienced bringing a child into the world, you know, experiencing a soul entering this world. I think it's equally as intimate watching a soul exit. I just think it's the opposite end of the emotional spectrum, but intimate nonetheless. So I was super grateful for that. I was grateful that it was through a series of surgeries and it wasn't just an accident. Like, are you sitting down? I was grateful that he had married and officiated the, the, wedding between my husband and myself. And that's something that, you know, my brothers weren't going to be able to experience because they weren't partnered. And so there's so much gratitude to be found here. And I think, I think my healing catapulted a lot faster because of that. You know, I spent pretty much a solid week, nonstop crying. And it's that whole concept of the only way out is through where I just stayed in the grief and the sadness and the upset and allowed it, allowed to feel it, you know, I would be pumping gas and just crying, or I'd be cashing out at a supermarket and just crying while I was grabbing broccoli and ice cream or whatever. And I just didn't censor it. And I think that allowed me to move through that much faster. But that whole experience with dealing with that loss and then also doing the makeup for his his viewing and speaking to the crowds and all of that. And then how through that sorrow, I was able to have this breakthrough of finding my own voice. There were so many years that I was like, how did I get born into this family? I'm like this free spirit hippie. How did I get here? And, uh, and then it was kind of like, ah, that's why you needed to be born into this family so that you could experience all of these things. And then create this business that helps other people do the exact same thing. So yeah, it's, I really think hardship gives us context and it helped and contrast for us to go, oh, that's why I needed to go through that in order to create this other thing. And and gratitude um, as an antidote for grief. Like, I think that's so beautiful. And also I look a little schlumpy today, but I love like your makeup is so on point and gorgeous. Oh, thank you. And I think that that's such a beautiful act of love for your father as well at that moment. Like when a child is born and then you dress it for the first time and in this way as well, like showing your father that love in the moment, like in his passing, the ceremony of his passing, using your gifts, your art, your skill to bestow that upon him. And that's also a gift for everybody else. I think that that is just so beautiful. And you're a beautiful soul. You're a beautiful soul. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been such a pleasure to share this with you and for everybody who gets to listen to this and everybody who gets to to tap into what you do, to get your podcast, to, to get all of the incredible free materials that you have on your websites, all in the show notes, you guys. So uh, you can, uh, we've, we've already mentioned your website, so I don't think you need to mention that again. So yeah, just everybody, thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you to all of the listeners for being here with us. And everybody's going to find you online. Everybody's going to stalk your Instagram. Everybody's going to go to the website. Everybody's going to get the resources. Thank you so much. And Chakra Girl Radio will be back again with us next week. Another fabulous episode is coming for you. So until then, everybody, cheers, darlings. Mwah! 
Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Shocker Girl Co. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review and write us a little comment. We'd love to hear from you. 